0: Welcome to Christians in the Public Square with your hosts, Cole Bennett and Scott Sill.
1: Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Welcome to Christians in the Public Square. How are you? How are things in Chattanooga, Tennessee? Oh,
0: it's lovely. I was out for a bike ride yesterday and I learned that fall, this is my second fall in in the East, and I grew up in uh, Colorado and and then I lived in Texas. And fall is not does not mean the same thing in the West as it means in the East. It's not just that leaves fall. It's that everything falls. It's leaves, it's nuts, tree limbs, tree limbs with squirrels on them, trees, trees with squirrels in them. It's stuff just falls. And so I was out for my bike ride and on the trail is just uh, stuff, lots and lots of stuff, leaves and Nuts and twigs and squirrels and everything falling out of the sky—it's really something.
1: Well, you know when the bow breaks, actually cradles <laughs> fall. So, are you finding that among the? Disciples? I haven't found any cradles yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, be on the lookout for those.
0: Um. Okay. So today we're uh we're going to talk about a topic that came top of mind for me over the past week. Okay. Um, and I want to preface this by saying I'm bringing this topic up not because I'm interested in the topic. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, but I don't believe you.
0: Well, I am interested in the topic, but it doesn't matter as much as the warrants. And that's why I love talking with you about this stuff is because it always ends up being about the deeper warrants and the arguments and the and I think that that's really valuable for us to think about Mm -hmm. rather than what our position on mask wearing is. I don't. I kind of don't care what you think about masks. I care about the processes by which a Christian determines what their position is and whether those processes are informed by a set of virtues that mirror what I believe Christ has called us to, or whether they mirror something else.
1: So those of you who heard mask wearing and think this is an episode about mask wearing, please stay with us because it is not truly about that.
0: Right. It's not about wearing masks, but it's about wearing masks.
1: <laughs> well, Scott, what in the world do you know about accommodating people who need things?
0: Well, it's funny you ask. Yeah, I used to be, I i, I used to have the responsibility for um, uh, for the university to, you um, protect the civil rights of persons with disabilities. And what that means is you try to identify what are reasonable accommodations for persons with disabilities at the university. And I was talking with the person who's doing that job now, and I was sharing with her, we never had to worry. COVID is the worst case scenario for all of this. And she's just been through a year of real, real challenge that none of us Who do this work or have done this work in the past ever experienced and i was trying to encourage her you know you're doing great work it's just a lot because the kinds of arguments and challenges that keep coming up um i think are unique but we you know we part of what we wrestle with in disability circles is whether we require someone else to make accommodation or whether we require the person with a disability to provide accommodation. So, you know, uh, if, I'm, if I'm in a wheelchair, for example, and I'm non-ambulatory, is it appropriate to ask other people at the university to push me around campus? Probably not. I mean, not probably. It's not. It's not. It's not appropriate. Um, my disability can't be your problem. But you, you do need to give me a ramp to get up in through the door, right? So providing access is a different thing than providing services, and um, and that is that has been that's always a conversation that's happening in disability circles. It's definitely coming up now in um, in very odd ways that we we were never prescient of, related to um, COVID writ large, and then specific things that we need to be doing. Uh, to manage, or that 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 the powers that be believe we need to be doing in order to manage COVID, and then managing the perceptions that we're managing COVID—that's a layer, <laughs> right? The marketing, right? yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Why? then yeah, and then lastly, um, you know, understanding the the consequences of uh, the ways that we make demands on individuals. We we've never had we never had to make accommodations where we said everybody must wear a mask. That's opposite of everything we ever did in other in other disability circles. Now it's not that weird. We told everybody that to, to wear pants. Right. <laughs> right. And we, and we feel pretty comfortable enforcing it. So, you know, changing the definition of what full clothing is is not it's not that weird, but um but it is weird. I mean, it is it is strange to me that we have to talk about this. Well, that we talk about this in terms of rights, and that's where I really want to go with you is about rights, but that we talk about this in terms of rights. But we don't ask the, uh, you know, the question about whether it's justified that the university requires me to wear pants to class.
1: Now I want, do you want to make a distinction between something the university requires versus something the office of student access requires?
0: No, because I I just, I wanted to bring up the, that conversation just as a, a context for where my brain has been. Okay. Um, the, the other, the other thing that has come up for me, and this is more relevant to our podcast is that a friend of mine, um, was explaining to me he works for a congregation and he was explaining to me that he has a, a number of people who've come up to him at church asking for a religious exemption from wearing a mask so that they didn't have to because they, apparently their employer requires it or something like that. And boy, that's when I started thinking this is a conversation for Christians in the public square. It's one thing to talk about it in and I want to talk with you about it on the liberty on the liberty scale. And just what the public square has to resolve. But then when Christians are asking for an exemption from their minister so that they can take that letter to their employer and say to their employer, nanny, nanny, boo, boo, I don't have to wear a mask because my preacher said so. And I've already indicated my perspective on that, haven't I? Um, I think we need to talk about how Christians should be in the public square and how that might be different than the conversation that is not Christian in the public square. And so this is a place where I think we, we may have a unique set of responsibilities because we, because we decided to carry Christ's name on our forehead. We may have a different set of responsibilities than our neighbors do. And a different set of rights or the lack of rights in comparison to our neighbors. So that's what I want to get into you with. Okay. That's what I want to get into with you. Got it. Um. You know what we need to do first is of our course. three tenets. Yeah.
1: Our three tenets, yes.
0: Which is sacred cows make great barbecue.
1: That's right. Everything is up for grabs.
0: Everything. Uh we'll flag our we'll flag our flies freely.
1: <laughs> we'll <laughs> flag our
0: yeah. Um yeah, we'll argue vigorously for our point of view and expect each other to do so and we're brothers first and everything else is just details. That's right. Okay. So here's what I want. Here are some some things I don't want to argue about. I don't want to argue about science today. Okay. Okay. Because I think that's a different conversation about whether masks are effective or not effective, or whether the or whether we're just managing. The second thing I don't want to talk about is whether we're just managing the perception that we're managing COVID. Which okay. I get that conversation and that discussion. I want to I want to focus specifically on the authorities and principalities uh, of a of a corporation or a workplace or of OSHA or of um, the president in, in his uh, the president of the United States in terms of federal offices or the president of a university that um, that they have decided that there is a policy that must be followed within that context And to what degree does that, Uh, take the Christian out of the public square and let's just talk about the public square. At what point would you believe that there is a, uh, an imperative that mitigating individual rights is necessary for the sake of the public good. It might not be COVID. It might be, it might be that, for example, imagine that the bubonic plague is back and half of us are dying of the bubonic plague and our mayor asks us all, let's just say demands that we all wear masks in public uh, because half of our population is dying of the bubonic plague. Is that, would that be a sufficient, would that be sufficient grounds for you to say that an individual now has to do whatever the magistrate said? Thought experiment.
1: Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm going to insert an asterisk into something. Okay. A
0: moment ago and, oh oh and as you, before you let me insert an asterisk for your asterisk just so that i know you know this but the, so the listener knows i'm not trying to trap you i'm actually asking right? yes scott is not into trapping me first of all he's not very good at it
1: but second, <laughs> couldn't do it if i wanted to he couldn't do it if you wanted but i am going to say that um where we are going to go in this conversation necessarily does bring science in a little bit and let me explain okay Um, you do not hear people from my camp, from the libertarian camp, even, I've never heard someone from the far, far right say, I don't want my kid to get a measles, mumps, and rubella shot before they go to college. I I object to the MMR. That is a ridiculous thing. I don't want to be, you don't hear that. And I think the reasons that, you don't hear that versus what you're hearing from some folks about masking and about vaccines and, and, and rights is because of the science aspect of our current situation. So I don't think it's possible to divorce it entirely. To answer your question more on point about when do I think mitigating circumstances apply, I do think that public health is a mitigating circumstance that makes people kind of, uh, you can't really see, this is not a video cast, but they're not saying, all right, let's all just step back and take a deep breath and figure out how to not die Mm -hmm. before we figure out what our rights are. It is this, you could talk about it in terms of Maslow, you could talk about it in terms of a, A cruise ship where everyone's talking about Heidegger and Immanuel Kant, who suddenly has a wreck and they're all on an island. And they're like, who's getting the water and who's keeping the fire? I don't we don't need to argue about it. You know, I think when when COVID came down the pike and people weren't sure whether it was a bubonic plague item or a a flu item. I think people rightfully said, let's be careful about what rights we give up quickly because of. Our political climate right now, and how rights are often given up during crises and never gotten back. So I, mm-hmm. I think, but I also think a lot of people said, "You know what? I'm closing my shop. I am not going to invite the public into my shop because that eventually gets back into my home." And I'm we're going to wait and see what happens with this. And so I do think to answer your question that um, public health considerations mm-hmm. are wise. For even the staunchest uh, classical liberals who own businesses in the public square and who operate in the public square to say, this is different. Public health is different from the government trying to force me to widen my doors for to accommodate this or to have restrooms of this type to accommodate that. I, I think this is different.
0: Uh, I can hear that. Oh, by the way, I, I made a little note while you were talking that the MMR stuff, that's really the kookballs on my side, right? It's it's just that the anti-vaxxing has brought together a very odd combination of people. Some of, I mean, that's the same thing that's happened recently with Bernie boys and Bernie bros and whatnot. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it brings about, there's there's some crazy on the, on the liberal side, a lot of crazy And a lot of that crazy got manifest in this discussion too.
1: That is called the bootleggers and Baptist phenomenon because both of them want liquor, liquor sales to be regulated. So the
0: Baptists
1: are in the same camp, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's
1: interesting. I didn't make that up. That's an economic term, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, the anti-vaxxers. And so I, I don't think it's possible for us to really talk about rights versus christian duty in this context without admitting that the science was not settled because it is i think that's one of the reasons that discussions of rights came up was because we're not talking about the bubonic plague or the spanish flu
0: yeah and and as um in support of that um concern you know we initially thought that any public gathering was bad Right. And it turns out, that according to the science, that if we're gathering outside, not an issue
1: or, or not as it, much an issue. Yeah. Right. Or as and, you know, this was coming as 150 doctors signed on. If you're protesting for Black Lives Matter, it doesn't it's not bad. If you're protesting for the right reasons, you can gather with um, not as much a chance or where it, where it is worth the risk. Right. And I, I think that also made classical liberals and Republicans alike say, okay, so that's really how serious the science is being taken. Gotcha. If you're protesting for the right reasons, it's not a social distancing is not a big deal. I think that was infuriating to people who, quite frankly, were trying to follow the rules that mitigated their freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, um, let me take a moment to describe my own experience with uh, the pandemic a year and a half ago when uh, not, I'm not a socialist qua socialist. I'm a socialist libertarian. And so it did feel icky to me. And there were, you know, I think there were times where I thought, boy, we're telling each other what to do. <laughs> and I'm not sure we talk to each other about whether that's okay to tell each other what to do. It happened so fast, dude. I was sitting at Chili's one night and they started really wiping down the tables and said, yeah, things are getting kind of weird. And it was the same night that several basketball teams decided not to compete because they didn't want to. And, um, and we were kind of like, what's going to happen. What's what's going on. And it wasn't two days later, Chili's was closed. I mean, you could only get through, through takeout. It was closed you couldn't go in and there isn't there wasn't really a lot of time to for us to talk about political philosophy and i can understand why uh folks with the with the concern of political philosophy and the and the question of liberty were like are we making good decisions or are we just making decisions Mm -hmm. i can hear that Mm -hmm. because i i felt it i didn't I don't think I had the time to process it, but I felt it.
1: Well, and, and I think we, uh, we should move on and talk about rights. But I, let me just put this in before we do. We cannot ignore the fact, which I think a lot of people on the left did, we cannot ignore the fact that while getting COVID is a health hazard, so is closing your business and sitting at home for weeks at a time, a health hazard. It damages not just your mental health, but when you don't have enough money to buy groceries and light and power and food and so forth, it is not a binary decision, health or not health or convenience or inconvenience. It, there are opportunity costs that are real and tangible to stopping economic activity in a country. It is yeah. not cost-free, but we're talking about masks. So perhaps that's where we should go. Cause I, I know that um, mask wearing mask is not the same as shutting your business down.
0: Well, as, but I, I want to, I want to stay here long enough to say Cole that we're looking at the argument, not the policy, right? So that it's less can conv- that it's, less of an inconvenience or less of an interruption of personal rights. I don't mind still talking about personal rights. Okay. Um, I think it's, I think it is uh, relevant and important that, um, that you've, that you've helped us understand that there is a principle at play, even if the principle is a little bit less important when we're talking about whether you're wearing a mask or not, it becomes a little more important when you're talking about whether you mandate a vaccine or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And it becomes, and, and I'm hearing you say it becomes a lot more important when you're talking about whether a business gets closed or not. Um, that, that the, the severity is one thing, but the principle is the same, which is, are you preserving, are, are we doing the best we can to preserve individual rights have we thought clearly about what, what the limits of one's rights are or have we just uh, glom? Either have we just glommed onto a solution in, a, in, in groupthink or, as I've heard some suggest, is this uh, a false flag operation to limit your rights on purpose uh, to try and, try and gain some ground that we won't give back when, when, if COVID were ever over?
1: I don't know many people who subscribe to that, that it's merely a subversive tactic to to gain liberties. I, I I think that can be a byproduct, but I don't know many people who think that that's actively what's happening.
0: Well, you and I talk to different people. Oh, well, that's true.
1: By the way, I would encourage our listeners to use the verb glommed on today before <laughs> the day is out because it is a verb that does not uh, that does not get used enough. I have a good friend named Tiffany who sh- she and I talk about how great a verb that is. So
0: please, on.
1: please glom on to things today rather than adopt them or to subscribe to them. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, the question is. So let's get down to, let me, let me come down to the question of liberties. Yeah. The public square, no Christians yet. Okay. How come I can? How come we can tell each other to wear pants, but we can't tell each other to wear masks? Uh, Because of previous
1: definitions of decency and indecency.
0: Oh, I'm not going to accept that from you. And here's why: decency is a morality question. It's not. It's defined in the law. Yeah that that should not be okay with you. Well.
1: I guess, I guess if we had a long enough time to talk about it, um, many libertarians would say, yeah, we're against city codes that say you have to wear clothes. Sure.
0: We'll go. Right. Right. I'm not being silly. I'm saying uh, if I, if I were to channel my true nature, my true natured friend, I think I'd say pants are optional.
1: Sure. (laughs) Nudity nudity is optional. It's all optional. And uh, when I own a business, And when I own a home, I can put rules for my business and my home that say you got to wear pants if you come in my coffee shop or if you come to visit me in my house, you have to wear underwear, you know, Um, but you're saying in the public square, a true libertarian would say clothes are optional.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, No, I want to I want to hear you and I want the listener to hear you that you could you could quickly say, oh. Oh, Cole believes that the that the business can say whatever they want in their store goes, and so employers have said you have to get a vaccine, and so uh, either you get a vaccine or you get fired. That should be fine, but I will note in uh, defense of my libertarian friends that rule that that's actually rule governed by OSHA, who said that any was it any company with more than 100 employees must mandate vaccines so it's not it's not just employers making decisions it's employers making decisions about whether they're going to be compliant to an osha regulation right? yes
1: a libertarian world would not have osha
0: right i got you
1: that's my unless point it was, unless it was a peer supported group
0: if if uh, but if i own a a boat fabrication plant and I decide all my employees must be vaccinated if they want to continue to work here. Sure. I could say that and you yes. could decide whether you wanted to work for me or not. Absolutely. Could you tell the military to get vaccinated? The constitution permits a military. Um, and I,
1: on the spot, I would say that it is an employer that is constitutionally allowed and the state could say You must get vaccinated. And if you didn't want to, you could quit that employer.
0: Yes, I hear that. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Now, if they drafted you, that would be different. But a draft would never happen in the libertarian world.
0: So how come you're not fighting your right to not wear? I'm not you're not fighting your right to not wear a mask. But how come the how come those folks aren't arguing um, for a let's say a religious exemption for wearing pants in the public square?
1: Because our bandwidth is only so wide, and we'd much rather go after things like abortion and um, the the rights that are far more important than something that is so agreed upon that it's way down the list of wanting to fight.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I that's think, a very pragmatic answer, but that's the truth.
0: I hear that. Well, that's – a no, it, it's a good answer, too, because, Cole, I was – I actually said to someone – yesterday when i was having a conversation about this the amount of energy that some folks are putting into not wearing a mask it boggles me yeah. the uh the 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 amount of money uh in legal representation and it's just it does not seem expedient
1: no <laughs> and i think the biden administration has learned That it is a lot better to persuade someone than to try to mandate something like this, particularly vaccinations, um, because people have a lot of people have within them a pushback to being told what to do. Now, that can be we can talk about whether that's good or bad,
0: but it's a fact that remains. And so I think there is especially true for us as Americans. I think that's part of our DNA yeah, We're, We don't have DNA. We're Americans are not a race, but I mean, it's part of our.
1: Institutional DNA. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it runs. I've, I've seen it so many call when i be in other countries and I see a soldier, a, a policeman with a, with an AK and there's something down deep inside me that says that ain't right. Hmm. Uh, or, um, you know, I've imagined what would happen if the queen comes rolling down Westminster while I'm, while I'm there. Do I bow? I, there's something inside me that says, ain't, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody I bow to because I'm an American, right? <laughs> so right. I think it's deep, deep-seated in us in ways that we don't we don't spend a lot of time talking about. If you believe in this so much and there's an option to get an exemption from your preacher so that you don't have to get the vaccine and you can take it to work, is that an out for you?
1: I wonder if we can talk about mask wearing instead of vaccines
0: okay let's talk about mask wearing
1: okay because i do think some of the arguments about vaccines make more sense than some of the arguments against mask wearing okay. i get that mask wearing some people with asthma to have problems it's a small percentage of people i get that wearing masks is almost impossible for toddlers mm-hmm. uh, but let's just talk about the average adult who is uh who it irritates to wear a mask, but doesn't cause medical problems. Can we at least get there? Yeah. So one of the things I've always tried to argue on this program is that the reason I think libertarian government is the best for Christians is because it permits them to most act like a Christian. Uh, I believe that wearing masks myself um, does have some success in avoiding the spread of covid Uh, If I am in a room full of or even half full of vaccinated people and everyone is wearing masks, even though I don't think it's going to be very helpful, I will wear a mask, too, because I know it makes them feel more comfortable. And I don't want to start having an argument and try to assert my rights as a, a person who wants to start arguing about science in a room full of people for whom it is a an act of love and accommodation just to wear the mask for for the time I'm there. So it's not merely that it's more convenient to not argue. I'm saying it is actually something I think, you know what, it's gonna make them comfortable. I don't think it's gonna help anything for a room full of vaccinated people to wear masks to any degree. So, but I'm gonna do it because I get the choice to wear a mask or not in my mind. I get the choice to do it because I could really raise a stink and start talking rights, but I just do it because I'd rather make my
0: brothers and sisters comfortable or, or strength. This is one of the reasons why you're my best friend. I no, I'm serious. So if I'm at your house, I mean, you know, it's it's morning time. I'm up. I'm out of the bathroom, and you're like, "Can I make you a latte?" That kind of hospitality. It's driven by it's driven by who you are, and who you are is. Is informed largely by your faith, and it's not just being nice. It's, uh, it's a, a recognition of. I, I love the idea of let's just take science out of it, and the room people in the room feel better about life if I'm wearing my mask or I'm wearing my pants. <laughs> 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 Maybe it shouldn't be or
1: and. I want to go on record as saying, I feel better about life when you wear your pants.
0: And that, then that is, then that's a good enough reason, right? It's Correct. a good enough reason for a Christian to say, it's not about my rights. Now, my friend, I think, I think I misspoke earlier and said that my friend is get, is his uh, parishioners are asking for um, exemptions. I think I said to wear masks and that's not it. They're asking for exemptions to get vaccines. Um I'm I'm still not down with that. And I'll tell you why is there is no religious exemption for getting a vaccine. There's no re- there's no religious exemption for getting a vaccine.
1: There's not a legal religious exemption.
0: No, I'm saying there's not a Christian exemption. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Elaborate. Elaborate. From a Christian perspective, there is no exemption. You do what you need to do for your neighbor, even if it costs you, even if it costs you your life, you do what you, imagine Jesus saying to us, I'm sorry, I've got personal rights. I can't be dying on a cross for you today. My master didn't do that. My master was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And the reason that's important is that dissuades me from believing that I have rights. I don't. The state may give me rights. I've said this before on the podcast. The state may give me rights. The state may give me a right to, uh, uh, to any number of different things. The state may give me a right to an abortion. That doesn't mean I necessarily have that option available to me as an individual who's decided to wear Christ's name on his or her forehead. Um, the state may give me all kinds of options, that aren't options for me because I decided to be a disciple of Christ and being a disciple of Christ has to mean something.
1: What percentage of people would need to die from the vaccine for you to start really thinking about that? What if 50% of the
0: people died from the vaccine? Would you feel the same? Probably not. I don't know where that, yeah, I don't know where that trip is. You're going to hate this. I'm ready. (laughs) I think my perspective also comes from a a place of privilege. Okay. Where the sacrifice doesn't cost me very much. Right. It's one thing for me to say, everybody, ought to get a vaccine. It's another thing to say, uh, if you're a Christian and you have cystic fibrosis, you ought to get a vaccine because it's being Christian.
1: Mm, Right. It's not,
0: it's not the same. Right. Uh, And I want to be I think you're asking the right question, which is I'm not going to be able to judge whether it's good for you or not good for you.
1: That's why I think it's just not I, I think this that your attitude of I don't have rights as a Christian. I think that is a wonderful attitude that we all should have. But I don't think it's possible to, quote, unquote, ignore the science when it comes to to the vaccines, because there are, you know, the government, the government and its agencies Number one, have had some conflicting messages, but also, you know, if you've had COVID, the degree to which a vaccine helps you becomes much more limited. And some people are saying, you know, I just don't really I'm happy that I have overcome COVID and I'm
0: happy with my immunities at that at this point. Super. Don't ask your preacher for the letter. Exactly. Right. Go to your if this is true, go to your doctor and get the letter. That's where I'm. That's where I'm coming from. Let's not say that this is religious. Got it.
1: That's why this is full circle, and we can just stop the podcast after this. <laughs> um, that's why you and I have always said. Well, I have always said. You haven't always agreed. When you're, if you believe in the libertarian concept of small government, then then. The means of change becomes persuasion instead of mandate. So I should be if I feel strongly that COVID uh, surviving people should still get the vaccine. I need to persuade people,
0: not enlist mandates sure, to force sure. them to do it. Sure, I can hear that. Okay. But this is this is where I want to come full circle. Is I want to say I think that what I'm suggesting counters the the claim that you have made on this podcast. And in my presence elsewhere, <laughs> that libertarianism affords you the option, the opportunity to be the best version of a Christian possible. That I'm gonna suggest that believing that liberty is the most important thing can be for a Christian an idol in and of itself, a distraction. It can remove us, keep can pull our eyes away from. The, the Christ described in Philippians 2, and turn our eyes to something different. And I, I see Paul playing this out a lot throughout the New Testament where he says, even though I have the right, I've set that aside. Even though I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, I set that aside. Even though I could say this, I set that aside. And I think I don't think he's just saying that, like, you know, I have the I have the right. I don't think he's doing that. I think he's saying. I think he's illustrating. I'm putting those things to the side for the sake of Christ. I don't mean to say that you're wrong, because yeah. I don't think that's fair. I think what I'm saying is, I, I would like to warn that liberty can become an idol for a Christian. Yes, liberty can become an idol, which I mean by by what by which I mean it can be a distraction from the life of the life of christ okay see if you like this response okay to a christian anything can become an idol (laughs) also socialism can become an idol
1: (laughs) and 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 big states can become an idol and so if your goal is not have an idol a government that leaves you the heck alone is the better one to have than a government that's always trying to fiddle with your life and and your choices
0: um, oh, I hear what you're saying is given the choice between the two, it's a better idol. Well, I mean, a better, a better, a better context. Not I don't mean I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it's a better context.
1: That, yes, that's right. And so um, I am I am free to not have an idol and to worship God and think about my rights as a Christian more when I am left alone than when I am poked around.
0: Yeah. I but I have
1: I often that. had people, no, I've had often had people say, you're worshiping freedom. And I just, uh, that is a an interesting argument to make.
0: I don't think you are. Okay. I think it's possible to, but I don't think you are.